Good morning, church. So I just want to say thank you for the opportunity this morning to be able to minister to you all. I just want to thank the Lord for my salvation. I'm a bit nervous this morning because I've never sung in front of a crowd before. And the Lord said to me this, well, he said to me in the week, he said, uh, you know that song that you wrote? I said, yeah. He said, I want you to sing it on Sunday. I was like, oh, no. But a cappella, Lord, I haven't got musicians behind me and I haven't got, you know, the best singing voice. But he said, it's not about your voice or, he said, it's the words that in the song, you know, that may minister to someone. It's, more, it's not a big song, long song, but I just want to be obedient you know, just step out and sing it. And as I do, I just pray that it ministers to you. I just pray the words minister to you. It's a song that I wrote, oh, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. But it was it was a personal song between me and God. It was ba- it's basically called God, you have been so good to me. And he has been good to me. He has. I wouldn't be here if he wasn't. I wouldn't be here today if he wasn't. So as I sing it, I just pray. It ministers to you. And then we'll get into the word and see what the Lord wants to do next. Amen. So it goes like this. My soul says, you have been so good to me. Yes, my soul sings, you have been so good to me. Cause I did not deserve your love And I did not deserve your grace And I did not deserve to see your face But you looked at me And you called my name and you said that i am yours and you held my hand and you brought me out and you've carried me through it all so my soul says You have been so good to me Yes, my soul sings You have been so good to me Cause I did not deserve your love And I did not deserve your grace And I did not deserve to see your face But you've looked at me And you've called my name And you've said that I I am yours And you've held my hand And you brought, you brought me out And you've carried me through it all So my soul says You have been so good to me Jesus, you have been so good to me 
Holy Spirit, you have been so good to me. Father, you have been so good to me. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now that's out of the way. <laughs> I can preach. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, then let me get my uh, iPad the right way round, get everything on point. I think I need a bit of water after that. All right, so behind me I have a title of a message, Shut That Door, and hopefully this will all become clear as we go along throughout the sermon. What is this? It's playing up, this thing is. <laughs> Glory to God, there we go. So we're starting... Um, John chapter 16 and verse 33. As I go along, the title of the message will make sense. <sighs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So John chapter 16, verse 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I want you to focus on them two parts as we go through the message. In me, you may have peace. And I have overcome the world. Keep hold of them in your mind as we're going, going through this. Now that part where it says tribulation in, the part, in that portion of scripture, I had a look in the Greek because it's, sometimes it's good to get to the uh, root of things and find out what it means. And uh, that word tribulation, it also means troubles and sorrows. It means anguish, it means persecution, it means to be burdened and to be afflicted. But also it brings about the meaning of suffering and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about suffering but I want to talk about two kinds of suffering. I want to talk about the righteous suffering that we all undergo as Christians, um, that even Christ went through himself. But then also at the end I want to talk about unnecessary suffering. Because sometimes in our life, often we have unnecessary suffering and God really wants to get rid of that in our lives because he hears our cry, he sees the situation, the state we're in and he wants to give us the tools to get rid of unnecessary suffering. In other words, to shut the door on it. But I won't get ahead of myself too much. So the Israelites were brought out of Egypt where they underwent unnecessary suffering. It's unnecessary because if they had paid attention to God's word, if they had just humbled themselves, if they just obeyed, if they just let the instruction of God carry them to the place where God wanted them to be, they never would have found themselves in captivity. And as you read through the Old Testament, time and time again, the children of Israel find themselves in a muddle. They start off well, they obey God, they keep the commandments, they do what they're supposed to do. But then as they go along, little by little, they get persuaded or distracted and they end up doing what they shouldn't be doing. And then they find themselves unnecessarily suffering. And God doesn't want this for his people. As we see time and time again, he'll send a prophet to the place, to the nation. Return to the Lord. Come back to God. You go in the wrong direction. Come back. And usually after a few have you know, <laughs> suffered, they make up their mind and say, okay, I'm coming back to God. Let's look at Romans 5, 1 to 3. I think I've got this correct. It might be 1 to 5, actually, sorry. Romans 5, 1 to 5. It says, Therefore, 
Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So, if, we, if someone told me at the beginning that being a Christian meant I was going to suffer, I'd probably have run in the opposite direction. But because when I came to Christ, I was already suffering with drug addiction, you know, homelessness, depression, you name it. Because I was already suffering, I thought, well, you know what? <laughs> if you can give me something better than what I've got now, then I'd rather suffer for Christ than suffer in the world without Christ. And we can see in the world today there's so many people suffering out there. They haven't got Jesus, but yet they actually enjoy their suffering. And it's madness. It's like, you look at the people out there, and you know they're in chains, you know they're in bondage, but they've been deceived into thinking that these things are good, these things are okay, these things are the life they're supposed to live. But because they haven't heard the good news, they haven't heard the good news, actually, you can be free from these burdens, free from this suffering. If you allow Christ to come into your life, he'll break those chains and set you free. I love the part of the scripture that says, not only so, but we also glory in the sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. I thank God for those who have walked before me, you know, those who are 5, 10, 15 years ahead of me because they persevered in the faith. They persevered. And when I'm going through my trials and my suffering, I can get around them and say, how do you get through it? How do you persevere? How is it that you're still a Christian after 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? I've only been in the faith 20 years. But these guys have persevered, and by seeing them standing, it helps me to persevere. And in doing so, I can look back at those who are younger than me, and I can pull them through. And they can look to me and say, Gary, how do you do it? How do you persevere? And we can pass on the knowledge and the wisdom of how to persevere in Christ, even as we suffer. We still suffer as Christians, but this kind of suffering is not unnecessary but is through living a righteous and holy life. It's not easy living holy. It's not easy being consecrated. It's not easy saying no to some of the stuff in the world that people out there are saying, come on, join us in the pub. Come on, join us in this, join us in that. And sometimes you feel pulled in. You feel persuaded because they look like they're having a great time. They look like they're having fun. But later on, that's going to lead to unnecessary suffering. All right, Romans 8 verse 18 says, I consider that our, pres our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. And when I read that, I'm reminded of the scripture that says, for the joy that was set before him, this is Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And so he knew that once he'd gone through this suffering, there was something ahead of him that he was looking towards, and that was his joy. And so, saints, today, as we're going through our sufferings, Paul here says, I consider this present suffering nothing in comparison to the glory that will be revealed in us compared to what lies ahead. 
the kingdom that's been prepared for us, the place that Jesus has set for us. And it's like, wow, well, okay, it hurts right now, it's hard right now, but one day we'll be in glory. There'll be no more tears, no more pain, no more sin. Woohoo, we can set our minds on that when we're going through stuff. And how many saints have gone before us? How many people have gone before us? And we can look to those people that went through all of those things, their persecutions. Because right now our per persecution is quite light in the UK. Let's have it right. Yeah, we've got it easy compared to those out there in different countries, man. If they even say the name Jesus or even profess to be a Christian, off with the head. They get tortured, they get beaten, they get jailed. And that's not here yet, but it will come. There'll come a day, saints, when Christianity will be outlawed, when we'll be underground, we'll be meeting in secret places because uh, the enemy hates us. And as Jesus says, the world hated me and so it will hate you. But are we prepared to go through that kind of suffering? Are we going to have that perseverance? Will we stick by our faith and stand in our faith or will we turn away from Jesus? When his disciples said, will you depart from me as well? And they said, where are we going to go? You've got the words of eternal life. We can't go anywhere. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 3 to 7 says, Praise be to God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort, comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. And that's what I was saying about people in the faith, that they've been through some of the stuff we're going through. I remember one time I was going through a trial and tribulation, and as I was going through it, I was kind of complaining about, complaining about it to God, as sometimes we can, be, we can complain <laughs> about suffering because it hurts. And I remember the Lord saying to me, it's not about you. I was like, what? What do you mean, Lord? I'm the one suffering. He said, yeah, but I'm taking you through this suffering so that I can bring someone else through. A lot of the time, God brings us through some of the things we're going through because he's going to entrust us with that witness, with that testimony that God got you through so that you can then reach out to someone else who's struggling and be the answer and the solution to their problem. That's how God works. So sometimes when I'm going through stuff and I go, wow, this is really hard, this is really tough, but then I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. One day I might bump into someone. I might meet someone who's going through the same thing I've been through. And they're going to need an answer. They're going to need a brother or sister in Christ to say, help, I'm drowning, help, I'm struggling. And you'll be the one that, that shows up on time that the Lord uses to say, hey, I've been where you are. I know what you're going through. God got me through it. So here, let me help you through it. And that's basically what this part of the scripture is saying. You know, we're comforted with the same comfort 
that other people have been comforted with. And, you know, sometimes when we're struggling, we keep it to ourselves because we think, oh, Ben, better not share what I'm going through because I might get embarrassed or maybe they don't understand me or, or, you know, I'll keep it to myself. But, you know, what I've found when I've shared my struggles with someone, when I've shared my sufferings, that actually they've been through some similar stuff. So actually they know what I'm going through. And the lie of the enemy is to keep it to yourself. Don't tell anybody. Don't look weak. Don't look, you know, don't be embarrassed. But the best thing we could possibly do when we're suffering is pick up the phone. Talk to someone. Speak to someone. Share it. Lay it on the table. Don't think you're being a burden to someone because nine times out of ten, you'll, God will lead you to the right person and they'll say, I know what you're going through. I've been there. What? You mean you went through this? Yeah. What, you mean you had the same attack? Yeah. The same trial? Yeah. How did you get through it? Come on, sit down. Let's have a conversation and I'll help you get through it. By enduring and persevering and suffering, we become the answer to someone else's problem. And as we go through, we can reach back and help someone else and pull them through. God takes us through so we can help someone else get through. We don't have to suffer alone, we don't have to suffer in silence, and we don't have to isolate ourselves when we're going through our trials and tribulations. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6-7 is the next scripture. It says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. So we go through these trials so that our faith may be purified, so that the genuineness of our faith, because otherwise what happens is when we go through these trials and tribulations, instead of running to God, we run to the world. Or we run to this, or we run to that antidote. But then who gets the glory? The world, or the enemy, or whatever. But God allows these things to happen so that we'll turn to him. We'll trust him. We'll follow him. He's got the answer. Remember I said at the beginning, keep in mind what it said in the first scripture, that you may have peace through me. Rejoice, I have overcome the world. So if he's overcome, and I can have peace in him, why am I running to the world for the answer? Why am I running to all these things for peace when you won't find peace in those things? They'll just lead to unnecessary suffering. Okay. It's these various trials that we go through that prove whether or not we trust God and believe his word. And as we go through these various trials, our faith grows more and more because we believe God's word and his promises. When the trials come, we will run to the word. Sorry, when the trials come, Will we run to the world for the answers or will we run to God for the peace? Will we humble ourselves and seek God's face and cry out to him and depend on him? Or will we go back to our default setting? Remember in the past I talk about our default setting where we've got mindsets of when we're struggling, when we're in pain, when we're in trouble, we have this default setting and we look to the things that the world offers to, to bring the antidote, but it never lasts. It might, be, it might make us feel good for a day or a few hours, but then it never, it never brings lasting peace. But Jesus does. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
relying on our own strength, on our own resources, and whatever the world can offer as a quick fix, which ultimately brings unnecessary suffering. First, first Peter 4, 1 to 5 is the next scripture. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin, and as a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for human desires, but rather the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They, the people of the world, are surprised that you don't join in with them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. And isn't it true that the world out there, Jesus freak, happy clapper, look at that Christian there, and they mock you and they, they slander you. But you know what? I'd rather, for the sake of Christ, live for Christ and be called a Christian or a Jesus freak or Jesus whatever, knowing that I'm going to heaven, than side with the crowd, side with the majority that are going to hell. And so, you know, they'll get their time when they'll, they'll have to give an account to God themselves. So the fear of the Lord keeps you away from the crowd. It's consequence. I always think when I'm about to make a stupid decision, what are the consequences of this choice I'm going to make? What is the consequence of what's going to happen when I make this decision? I don't always get it right, but sometimes God gives me the wisdom to think first. If I do this, what's going to be the consequence? So that's that part of suffering, the righteous suffering. I'm just going to finish now with unnecessary suffering. Let's look at Genesis 4, 6 to 7. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And that's why I've got this title today about shut the door. <laughs> that's where it came from. And... Um, it was funny because when the Lord gave me the word, I came into the church and they were actually busy fixing the doors in the church. I was like, God, God's got a way of confirming his word. And uh, so I thought, okay, Lord, this is it. This is the word you want me to bring. And um, a lot of unnecessary suffering comes from making bad choices and bad decisions in life. It's the consequence. But the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is there to help us not to keep making the same decisions. I've always said if you keep doing the same thing you've always done, you'll always have what you've always had. And, you know, it's insanity and madness to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. So at some point we've got to change how we do things because it's no good crying out to God and going, God, I'm suffering, God, this is happening, God's that happening. And then he gives you an, he gives you an instruction... <laughs> Or it gives you a practical way out of it, but then you don't take it. <laughs> and we carry on in unnecessary suffering. For me, lack of exercise, overeating, unnecessary suffering, carrying this weight around. Why? <laughs> when I've got a gym down the road, why? When I can eat good, healthy food. Unnecessary suffering. 
Before I came to Christ, the drink, the drugs, the smoke and the alcohol, all them things, unnecessary suffering. They offer, yeah, they offer a quick fix to take away the stress for a few moments. But then down the line, when the doctor has a look at my blood, so he has a look at my x-ray or whatever, and he goes, well, you know that thing you've been doing for so long? Mm, I've got some bad news. Then all of a sudden I'm like, oh no, that thing I was doing to take away my suffering is now giving me more suffering. Unnecessary suffering. Staying up late, watching movies so that the next day I'm tired, I'm shattered, I can't get things done that I need to do. These are just a, a little list of things of unnecessary suffering. <laughs> One of which, two weeks ago, <laughs> went to the dentist, had a tooth out, came back, said, I was emptying my stuff out on the table. For anyone that doesn't know, I wear a denture and I've got a front tooth, which is actually missing at the moment. Because I thought, oh, it's all right, I'll put my thingy on the table and uh, forgot about the pastor's dog he's a puppy he likes to chew everything I forgot all about it and when I came to get it the puppy had eaten it game over unnecessary suffering why because I didn't engage my brain I didn't think about these things and when we don't think about these things we suffer unnecessarily so here I am today toothless but praise the Lord God's got his ways of teaching us. Amen. All right, coming to an end. Got a few more scriptures. We're nearly done. 1 Peter 5, 8 to 9. It says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. There's millions of us saints. You know, sometimes you feel like you're on your own and you're suffering, and you think, oh, nobody understands. Oh, I've been there. And I think, oh, it's only me. Nobody knows. Nobody knows the troubles. <laughs> But there's millions of believers around the world all going through the same struggle, the same battle. And it's great to be able to reach out to someone and share it with someone. And they can share with us. The world we live in offers people who are suffering short-term answers that only lead to more unnecessary sufferings. I've already given some examples. Sometimes we can be the cause. We can be the cause of unnecessary suffering to others. And vice versa. There's nothing worse than friendly fire. <laughs> you ever had friendly fire on the battlefield? Hang on, you're supposed to be my mate. Or you're supposed to be my friend or my brother or my sister in Christ. And some of their suffering they go through or some of they say or some of they do brings unnecessary suffering. I've brought unnecessary suffering on other people by my actions, by my words. But God wants us to shut that door. Shut that door on that kind of thing so that... the those things don't become a, a part of our life anymore. But how you know they knock at the door? You know, we might have shut the door, but then we hear the, what are we going to do? Are we going to answer the door? You know, <laughs> I remember this illustration that a friend did one time when he was preaching. And uh, he did it like this. He said, there was a knock on the door. He's like, yeah, who is it? It's me, your mate, Al. All right, Al. How are you doing? Can I come in? Uh, I said, no, I'm not, um, no, 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 I'm not letting you in anymore. Oh, go on, I've got, I've got, got, got my mate here, you know. Um, 
uh, Nick. And I was like, okay, Nick. No, no, we're not coming in, you guys. And I was like, go on, you used to let us in. We used to have a good time. I was like, no, you're not coming in in my, in my life anymore. I've had enough. And he shut them out. And it's, it's like Al was alcohol, Nick was nicotine. And, and the way he did it, it was, it was the illustration. It, it hit home to me. And I was like, wow. And it's like, we can shut them doors, but do we lock them? And he, and he said, the key is like your will. You've got to hand that over to God. Because we can shut the door, but then when it... Are we going to open it again? Or have we locked it shut, never to be opened again? So, so like I said, we can be the cause of unnecessary suffering to others and vice versa. So some of our unnecessary suffering comes from reaping what we've sown. The consequences of our own words and actions come back to us. We might have forgotten about it. I might be like, God, why am I going through this battle? Why am I going through this trial? And God says, well, you know when you did X, Y, and Z? This is the consequence of it. And I'm like, wow, okay, I understand now. A lot of these unnecessary sufferings come by way of thoughts and suggestions in the mind. And like somebody knocking on the door, we must learn to shut the door on these things and keep it locked, shutting out these unnecessary sufferings. All right, final scripture as we come to a close. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, And the God of all grace, who called you into his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. So there's a lesson to be learned in all these sufferings. There's something to gain from it. Uh, it's experience and wisdom and to know God. You know, when I was going through my trials and tribulations when Laura passed away, it's really only when you really get to know who God really is, you know. It's only when you go through these tough times that you get to know who God is. It's easy knowing God when everything's going well and nice and brilliant. But when we're suffering, when we're going through these things, that's when we know that side of God is mercy, his grace and his love. So with every, sorry, with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray and ask God to help us this morning in our, in our sufferings. Lord, you know that each and every one of us at the moment is going through some form of suffering. And some of it is righteous suffering. It's, it's necessary to help us and to grow us and to learn more about you, Lord. But God, there's also some unnecessary suffering. And it breaks your heart to see it, Lord. You watch us suffering unnecessarily. And you hear our cry and you see the tears that roll down our face and you hear us before we go to bed at night crying out to you. And so, Lord, you want to give us the answer. Lord, help us to have the right attitude when we're going through the right suffering. And help us, Lord God, to shut the door on unnecessary suffering, Lord. That we can hear a word like this and we can say, Lord, help me. How do I shut that door? How do I get help shutting that door? Do I ring a brother or sister? Do I get some help? So, Lord, this morning I just pray for every individual hearing this word, Lord, that you would comfort them in their sufferings, that you would send the answer and the solution to them, Lord, so that, Lord, they can shut them doors, lock them doors. Lord, there could be a change and a transformation so there'll be no longer unnecessary suffering in our lives. So bless each and every one of us as we go our separate ways today. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.